Welcome to Break It Down, a ScanSource podcast brought to you by Cisco. On this podcast, we take complex tech topics and break them down for the non-tech listener with your host, Ian, Kyle, and Philip. All right. It is another edition of Break It Down, a ScanSource podcast brought to you by Cisco. How are we doing? We're doing great, Ian. Yeah. Third time's the charm. theme of my life these days, but... We had a little technical difficulties here, but I think we're good this time. That's right. That's nothing a little uh, editing can't take care of. That's what they Gabby gets paid the big bucks for. Yeah. So we're here today talking robotics. And I think I know what we're talking about, but there's a significant chance that I also don't know what we're talking about. <laughs> Are we talking about like the Boston robotics dog? Absolutely. I feel like that's in scope. Okay. As long as we're defining scope, then I say, yeah, that's in scope. All the little bots that are driving around warehouses are in scope. This is uh, drones. Robotics is a very wide field for sure to make it relevant to our mutual businesses. We got to create some lanes, create some guardrails here. Yeah. So, I mean, BattleBot? Did you say BattleBot? Yes. BattleBots. Yes. Y'all remember that? Oh, okay. yes. Absolutely. You know, robots, the mechanical use of the word robots have been around for, I mean, a, lo- a long, long time. Like the first one uh, that I found record of was third century BC. Now, I mean, that's a literally a mechanical one. That's not something you and I would think of riding around. It's definitely not a, a walking talking dog it's not a battle bot with saw blades on it but it's a machine it's a machine that takes inputs and does something so anyway so they've been around for i mean i guess literally thousands of years the the robotics that people listen to this podcast to hear about are probably autonomous robots and that's where it starts to get interesting when when the machine learning and computer science and engineering all come together to create a robot that can quotey fingers in the air think for itself and act for itself. So that's where it gets really cool. But, you know, Da Vinci had machines, inventions that could be considered robots in the 16th century. Cybernetics, which is really where the the sensor gets input, sends it to a controller, which creates an action style version of robots. That's a kind of a 1940s thing. So I think uh, if we're creating common terminology for today and for uh, what we're talking about with robotics. I think it's mechanical construction, some kind of energy source that powers it, and um, instructions that the thing follows. I think that are most uh, relevant, I guess, to us that we see, the the big ones that aren't consumer-grade robots are uh, uh, industrial, you know, the, the automotive uh, industry has been using manufacturing robots for a long time. Well, a long time, 2003 or so, early 2000s. That's a long time. It is a long time in technology, for sure. So, yeah. So I, I say that's in scope. And then, like we said in the green room, I'm leaving drones out today. We're doing a whole thing on drones. Yep, we'll get to drones that. Are, drones are robots, for sure, 100%. But they weren't. They're a whole, ep- a whole separate episode. So let's start here, because we love movies on this podcast. Yeah. iRobot. One, yep. how mad is Apple that Will Smith got this name? Two, 
how accurate of a movie and representation of uh... <laughs> very very accurate i mean the the scary thing is robots have been a part of of uh, fiction have been a part of science fiction for i mean for a long long time I, again i keep using the long time but it, it's relative but i mean 40s 50s 60s so it's always been kind of as part of pop culture this fear out there that robots can replace i mean terminator right we all know terminator we know robocop we've referenced robocop in this series before i robots a good another good example but all of them kind of prey on that same underlying fear for the viewer which is robots can become sentient they become self-aware they can act autonomously like all of those things right so the technology for sure 100 percent relevant it exists your your uh your dog that you were just referencing it's another example of it yeah there's tons more just like it yeah so this is uh, a a good example of we're putting a lot of puzzle pieces together that we've talked about there's some artificial intelligence in there we touch internet of things there's definitely security concerns did i miss any well there's uh cloud so yeah. that's when this that's that's when oh, this yeah. thing gets really scary, right? You put artificial intelligence in the cloud and you put controllable devices on the ground. You have a army of autonomous robots that no human is controlling. That's the super scary part. 5G Wi-Fi 6 edge compute. Yeah. So uh, I'm going to go ahead and alleviate some of the fears you just created, but we're just going to keep going on the no, no. list. We just move past. We move past the fears. While we're on fiction, on video, uh, on video, you just stop. <laughs> while we're on fiction, Michael Crichton's book "Prey" that is a great book to read on on topic. P R E Y. Uh, e Y. Yep, it's the thriller adult version of the kids' movie Big Hero Six. So, <laughs> I I hope that's what the open, the front cover says because that's the best plot description of yeah. a book ever. There you go. <laughs> oh man if stephen king wrote big hero six this book's for you yeah it's it's close yeah it's close all right so we got an idea of what we're talking about then so what is the kind of i guess today we talked a little bit about warehousing and logistics that's probably a very common use case but in a not too distant future i can imagine a lot more use cases so Touch on a few of those, I guess, from your perspective of what's real, so we don't have me and Philip just speculating. Yeah, and then kind of where we like where we go from here and how long it's going to take us, maybe. Yep. So again, talk, just talking about traits of, of what the what robotics exhibit. I'd say they they're designed to replicate human actions, but also to replace humans in some cases. So so. I think three R's. I think replicate human actions. I think replace humans, which is where you can get to the scary part. That's a great tagline for this episode. Yeah, but then uh, require, right? So you also kind of kind of have to require human interaction. So those are those are my three R's. That's the way I think about robotics, which I guess is a fourth R. But there's another acronym I'll get to here in just a second uh, that kind of splits robotics into two different fields. But we just talked about manufacturing. So the actual manufacturing is the most uh, realistic and most, I think, the most evolved version of an of an industrial robot now. And so, I mean, you see those images in auto- automotive, you see it in uh, consumer facilities that are manufacturing the same thing over and over again. They aren't human beings making solder joints like those are those are arms, mechanical arms 
that are robotic arms. And so manufacturing, very established, probably not sexy. If you want to look at what's coming and what's new, if you focus on that second R, the replace human piece, there are a lot of, of places humans can't go, but we want to be there, like deep sea, outer space, uh, hazardous environments, like a nuclear facility that's melting down, you know, those types of like super edge case uh, hazardous environments that humans can't be in, but we do need some control over. That's where I think most of the robotics evolution is happening. The, the one that it's, has been there for years, we, we don't talk about it a whole lot, not, not because it's uh, clandestine or anything, but I mean, the military has been using robots forever. I mean, we already said we're going to do a whole episode on drones, but so forget the drone part of the Air Force. Think about things on tracks, guns on tracks that are controlled by uh, soldiers that can just drive into uh, an environment, and never have a human anywhere near it. So, in those spaces, I think that's where we're. Uh, I think that's where we're going to start seeing the biggest evolution. Now, do we play in those spaces? I don't know. I, I think we're we're probably more in the logistics space. You know, the pick, pack, and ship style automation and robot uh, robotics that are being uh, used there. But some really cool things that are happening in robotics for space i mean we've we got we got a big robot on mars we're literally recording this on the perfect day because the mars helicopter ingenuity today yep. had a earth-controlled flight around the surface of mars so yep. that is a quintessential robotics example that took place on the day that we recorded this episode yeah i'm glad phil i'm glad i'm glad you asked us to reschedule this for today so you knew you knew philip that's right my insiders are strong. <laughs> From like, I mean, you know, we've talked about we talked about limitations on a bunch of stuff, and it just just seemed very similar to the wearables, to the you know, to things a lot of things like that is battery, the network, the connection to the network, and you know that to me that just feels like a massive limitation, especially battery. I mean, if something is always controlled by, it's got to be powered somehow. I think of like iRobot. I'm like, well, it can't take over. Eventually, it's going to run out of batteries. So. What does that look like? And is that, that, where do we go? Yeah. So same as, yeah, you're exactly right. When we talked about wearables, how small can they get? How long can they last? Things like that. I, I talked about the limitations of just physics and uh, anything that runs off battery, obviously it has a limited lifespan. One of my favorite examples, I think favorite in the sense that it means a lot, it means things to a lot of people is the, uh, the Roomba. And so that's a, that's a robot. It's control. It's got a mechanical construction. It's got, it's got a battery. It's got energy. It's got instructions that it follows, et cetera. But it's smart enough to know that when its battery gets low to return back to its charging station. So while you lose some efficiency during that charging period, you're not as limited as you are in the wearable space with somebody having to take the device back to a charging element or remember to plug it in, things like that. The, the technology is smart enough now to go charge itself. And hey, you know, we talked in wearables about wearing solar panels. So, I mean, that's a constantly renewing version of, of energy. So you build, I mean, that's how the rovers work, right? So I was about to say, that's how the Mars rover works, right? Yep, that's right. Another good piece of fiction, uh, go read, you can watch it too, but go read the book Martian. That's a fantastic book. Also a fantastic movie. Very, very close to to the written uh, – the movie very close to the book. Anyway, so – That's the yeah, story of Matt Damon. 
Yes. Okay. So yeah, so there we we are limited there. I think right now the you know robots you you hear things about sensors and actuators and things like that, just the things that physically control the devices. We're, we we're going to continue to evolve that like we continue to evolve personal computing. Like it's there today. It works today. It's great today. You're just going to make it smaller, more efficient, less susceptible to dust, you know, those types of things. So um, anything with joints will, will progress. I think Phil, where we're, where we're headed is in autonomous robotics, which is a whole different field where you have to have code, you know, you have to have development, computer science, you have to have people that can build software, AI software, or even machine learning uh, into these devices. And then, as we said in the opener, uh, you got to have it connected to a network where there's enough low latency that you can control the device in certain certain decision-critical environments. So you said something there that made me think. You said small, things get smaller. So... Where is the extreme right now in the world of robotics and the how small? That's tough because I think, I mean, if you technically some of these small IoT devices, like even in the healthcare world that you can swallow, it's not really moving. But I mean, technically, it's a version of robotics, what's built into it. It just isn't ever making a decision and moving. So I think, I mean, honestly, I think the small, the smallest things that we'll run into that are classified in the robot space are consumer grade things. They're novelties, they're, they're toys. But I mean, again, drones, drones are about the smallest thing we'll see right now that are, that are outside the consumer grade thing that aren't just novelties that are getting smaller. So we're, there's almost in my mind, this could be dumb. There's two classifications of robots though. There's kind of the the drones and the vehicles that are kind of human operated, but then we kind of alluded to this earlier, there are the autonomous artificial intelligence, maybe cloud powered robots. Yep. Are we in the midst of a transformation from the man operated ones to the autonomous or will kind of both always coexist? I, so I think there will always both coexist. So th- this is one of those places where alphabet soup gets introduced to our podcast, but there's those two fields that I referenced earlier of robotics. There's AGV and there's AMR. So, you know, yay, more acronyms. But the AGV is the the man-made, I'm not man-made, the the controlled, the human controlled devices. They're sometimes, but they're they're AGV is automated guided vehicles. So think if you've ever watched any of the warehouse or logistics videos on Amazon or uh, on YouTube about Amazon's facility, they have these robots that drive around their facilities. DHL's got one. There's, there's a bunch of them out there. Uh, those things follow a specific path. They're not smart enough to know I need to go to this other area. They're pre-programmed to drive in certain certain paths. Think think of a train, a locomotive train. Like it's on a track. It can only go in one direction. It's smart enough to slow down to avoid uh, running into something. But if there's a permanent thing in its way, it can't go around it. It's just going to sit there and stop until somebody intervenes. So I think those are going to be cheaper than the autonomous ones, which means, Ian, I think there's always a place for them. I I think in in certain markets, there will always be a place. To me, that's a Roomba. A Roomba, although it's not following a fixed path, it just has sensors in it that knows, like, I can't go forward anymore. I'm going to turn and try this path. 
not, it's not really learning a new route. It's Some not. of them do. My fiance is in product development for a floor care company. They do okay. in learning in that they will map out a room. Well, there you go. Okay. Sure optimize the path. Yep. That's the other alphabet soup. That's AMR. That's autonomous mobile robots. And that's the, you know, that you think a car. So that, yeah. that can go any way it wants to. Decisions are being made. I was about to say, our, our smart cars, yep. robotics. Yeah. Well, smart cars are still controlled by humans to some degree. But if you hands off the wheel and hands off the pedals, it'll drive itself in a prescribed path and make decisions as it goes. That's, I'm trying not to get into the, like, the real weeds, but when you turn machines into what we're talking about today, the difference is cybernetics, which is that that causality feedback loop that happens. This sensor received this data. I acted upon it. I made an action. I go back to the beginning and start over. So that's where the autonomous cars live today is because they're computers, they're machines. They make decisions and they make decisions based off of sensor data constantly. So, yes. So that's a, that's a weird hybrid if I can use hybrid in a car example without confusing people. But yeah, I think, again, back to the original question, I think there's always going to be a place for both. I think the, the science and the investments now are in improving the uh, the autonomous part of this space, just because, again, like I said, it's, so, it's mostly software. So is there a, because I just think about you talking about, we talk about warehousing and stuff like that. And there is the, you know, there's Obviously, if, if you can afford the cheapest versions of these that would like, hey, yeah, on a track, get somewhere and just stop, then somebody's always going to purchase that one because it's the cheapest one. But do we ever, you know, because I just think about like employees and warehousing and stuff like that. I mean, how close are we really to we've robots have in some ways replaced people on factory floors, creating things, but yet they're That's still right. programming That's to an right. exact thing. How close are we to, you know, moving away from just like, to, to replacing more and more, you know, smart type of decisions. And is that close or is that just a, you know, a fantasy out there of it's still programming in the background? No, I, I, so I think it's here, Phil. I, I think, I think we're already there. I think the, what your, the answer, your question elicits is this will move as fast as machine learning moves. So the hardware, the physical robotics piece, it's already there. And today, and I would say most manufacturing facilities, today, humans are making decisions on what they want those things to do. I want you to make this set of whatever keyboards over and over and over again. And now I'm going to have you switch. Well, the mechanical arm just does whatever the program tells it to do. And we're there today, Phil, with just having software control that decision. Software can make the change. And in some of the larger manufacturing facilities, it's already happening. You just push an order down to the system and the system changes what it's doing. It takes new components and builds something new. So there aren't humans there with wrenches making changes on any of this, on any of the, the robotics. So, so we're, we're there. That's, that's why this gets scary, right? I mean, uh, this is one of those with great power comes great responsibility things. The faster, People try to see if they can figure something out is how we get into trouble. So, well, that's why I kind of motion this in the camera, but I feel like we are getting like into where it's exponentially growing and expediting everything. And it's for as slow as this process, I feel like at times it seems from like watching from afar, at least, of the Boston Labs and all of these companies coming out with new releases. 
I feel like we're getting to a point where a tipping point where it's going to start turning into ex machina here. Yep. So now we're going to have to start legislating things and controlling things and the uh, bad actors out there are going to be attacking every new piece of technology that lands on a network and trying to see if they can get into it. And, you know, just again, that's, that's, I mean, you got to embed some sort of security device in these, right? Yeah, well, you would think, but I mean, there are security devices in hospitals and they keep getting attacked with ransomware. So, you know, it's it's uh, ever evolving. The, as fast as the good guys are evolving, the bad guys are collaborating and evolving faster. So I'm just trying to think through the like, all right, so how quick are we to the point of there's like you touched on Terminator. Terminator scared the absolute bejesus out of me when I was like way too young to watch it. And, like, is self-awareness just a, like, fictional type of thing when it comes to robots? And is that a, just a, it's a Hollywood thing? Yeah, you should go listen to our artificial intelligence episode for that answer. That's right. To me, no, Phil. That's just a, uh, that's a Hollywood way of referring to artificial intelligence and machine learning. You just, I'm not convinced yet that uh, robots will become smart enough to time travel. So. Maybe that'll let you sleep a little bit tonight, but the rest of it, 100%, man. All right. Well, that was that's a perfect segue into my question then. So, I mean, there are, off the top of my head, countless movies out there, but, I mean, we've referenced a few, iRobot, Ex Machina, uh, Terminator, RoboCop, Axel, Wall. I mean, we can go to Wally for all I care. What, in your opinion, is the most accurate, not in what will happen, right? Like, I don't, we don't need to be forecasting that Terminator's coming around or that the robots are going to take over and our smart cars are going to hack like an iRobot. But in the representation of robotics, what movie or Hollywood rendition is the most accurate? Oh, well, the problem is the Terminator movies are so old at this point. But that one's like, that's really close. I'm trying to think of what else has come out that hasn't been animated that's been recent. Stepford Wives? Does that count? I don't think so. Transformers don't work. Uh, Matrix is just way too far off. But I mean, if you remember what Matrix is, it's a world run by robots yeah. that are using humans as the energy source, right? So I, we're nowhere I close. So I don't know. I look. I have an emotional attachment to Wally. I watched that movie thinking it was just a cool robot movie, and then I was just like, "Oh my gosh, how prophetic is this movie?" Yeah. It's a dystopian future, yeah. Yes. Oh, geez. So I'm gonna stick with that one, even though it's a cartoon or it's an animated movie, okay. not a cartoon. All right. There are. If anyone's interested, we are movie eyes on the show, and there are a bevy of options of movies for you to go watch. That includes robotics. We, for sure, we should we should start including a list of of credits in our uh, in our notes yeah. on the podcast. A reading yeah, list. Our, a work to our, yeah, our producer needs to jump on these movies. She's young and hasn't seen a lot of these, but we keep telling her movies to watch that she just keeps refusing to watch. So go, you need to go watch <laughs> Terminator. And what was the other one? It was Minority Report. Terminator and Minority, Minority Report. Report and Wallet. Yeah. All right. Well, that's robotics. We'll get to drones. Until next time. Until next time. Today's episode is sponsored by Cisco Marketing Velocity. Marketing Velocity helps partners grow their revenue and engage customers through innovative marketing strategies. With campaign planning, educational learning, and more, 
Fisco helps you reach new customers, increase profitability, and bring value to your business.